Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. John D'Antonio is in studio, a good friend of mine. Hello, John. Good morning or afternoon now, I guess we are. Hey, Timmy. How you doing? Welcome aboard. Thank you. Thanks for having me. My privilege. Uh, we've been friends for a long time, and I'm glad to have you in, excited to have you in, because uh, you have a lot to share. You have a heart for the Lord, and you have, um, God's really gotten a hold of you. Yes, sir. And, and yes. done a lot over the years. So, want to take time to share your testimony. Uh, and D'Antonio's people may say, I think I've heard that name before. You've been doing the catering for many, many years. Share about your, your work a little bit. Yeah. Um, I've been in the catering business going on 32 years now. Um, just Friday, we were lucky enough, blessed enough to, yes. uh, to be awarded best caterer in Philadelphia for PHL 17. So I was on TV doing a little show and now you're here. Now I'm here. A show. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> Funny how that works. In a little different world, but no. So tell us, so you've been doing for 32 years. Yeah, we do everything. You know, when you're 21, after I got saved, I went into business. But uh, when you're 21 and you go into business and you don't have money, you say yes to everything. So I've been saying yes to everything for 32 years. So I can make anything. <laughs> you still haven't shaken that. No, yes to <laughs> no, yes to everything. Well, it's funny you say that because I've DJed, and in fact, I've DJed weddings that you have catered. Yeah, but that I remember in the early days, even reading trade magazines, and they tell you, say yes to everything. If you don't have a moon bounce, and someone says, "Do you have a moon bounce?" Say yes, yeah, and go get one, yeah, and you'll pay it back eventually. Yep, you know. So there's something to to stretching yourself, and and the more you do, I'm sure you just keep learning all the different. Yeah, I mean, I've learned, I literally, literally have learned every kind of culture and food, and I've done some really, really cool dishes. There's things I like the most. and Like what? Uh, tuna. I love sushi. You know, I have a fish buyer's license, so I can go right to the boat and buy, you know, those giant bluefin tuna that they buy and send to Japan? Yeah. Well, I can buy them right off the boat legally, and you know me personally, so you know I like to catch those also. Sure. So I... So if I catch one during a commercial season, I can actually buy it off the boat and take it to my business and sell it and do the best sushi in the country. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, and then what about in terms of the scope of events? Because I know, uh, for example, I did an event uh, with you. I think it was at uh, the Pepsi building in the Northeast. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a company picnic they did. Yeah. That's most of what we do is is corporate. corporate. Um, And and a lot of large events. Uh, You know, we do... Up to six, seven thousand people. So, wow. Yeah. But you will do a wedding or. Yeah, we do a lot of weddings. Um, we, you know, we're contracting, we're negotiating tomorrow for a, a venue in Northeast Philadelphia for about five, well, not really Northeast, more like Port Richmond, but okay. um, for a 500 person venue. So we'll see how that goes. And Okay. Yeah. Part of God's story. Well, I, we can we can cycle back to this, uh, this professional side of you too throughout our time. And I'm sure it'll come up. You mentioned it in your. As far as your testimony goes, before we go any further, though, because uh, there are definitely elements to your testimony that are serious, which is great, and what God's done for you, there will be some humor, possibly at least this <laughs> this hour, because the hardest working producer in Philadelphia between four and five, Joe Harnett, is actually off today, and that means instead of him being in this chair that I'm sitting in, and I'm in the other room, uh-huh. I'm in his chair, okay, trying to know where all the buttons are and which pot on the board comes up and what's what's everything's for so 
if there's a bit of a train wreck between okay. now and five o'clock, people will understand. Okay. We'll just take it as part of the humor. So uh, on that note, let me see if I can get to our first break successfully. And here, there's that music thing. And then I'm supposed to come over here and hit another button. So uh, it's 4.07 on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. And we have John D'Antonio from D'Antonio's Catering. And he is going to share a pretty cool story of what God has done. Be encouraged if you are, A, a parent of a child who hasn't grabbed onto the gospel yet. Be encouraged if you're someone who hasn't grabbed onto the gospel yet. And even if you have grabbed onto the gospel, I think you're going to be encouraged regardless because some of the stuff John's going to share will intersect with your day-to-day. Back in just a moment with more on AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. AM560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Tim DeMoss Show rolls along. Before I forget, WFIL has a couple of cool things going on on our website right now, including a Casting Crowns Getaway Giveaway, where you could win one of two grand prizes. One is a trip for two to the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C., and the other is a trip for two to the site of the last year's Super Bowl, Minneapolis, and uh, Casting Crowns is only Jesus concert live in Minneapolis in April. So those are a couple grand prizes. There are actually some uh, individual CDs were given out and other things like that. So hop in the running uh, at that for that at WFIL.com. It's just the Casting Crowns getaway giveaway. You can't miss it right near the top of our homepage. John D'Antonio is our guest from D'Antonio's Catering. Wonderful food, but more than that, wonderful man. God's gotten a hold of you. Uh, let's... Let's get into that a little bit. Okay. It all began when I was born. (laughs) (laughs) What what was your, what were the young years like? And, and, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would would say we came up with with a religious family, being Catholic. um, I was trained to be Catholic. You know, I I loved God. I knew, thought I knew God. Um, And then drugs came, you know. Hmm. Yeah. About how, how old was that? 14-ish drinking, 15-ish drugs. Okay. Um, I'm an all-in kind of guy, so it really progressed pretty quickly. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Where uh, where did where did the interest come? Was it just through school or uh, just friends? Just friends. You know, I was actually petrified of drugs, but I I just remember um, giving in. I remember the night, and uh, you know, it just seemed to be an easy way to be popular because I wasn't real popular in other ways. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then you wind up at 14, 15, you're still in school. So you're able to still function enough to keep going. Yeah. So, so I decided, I guess around high school that I kind of liked the party life. You know, I, there's a bunch of things I did that, um, you know, put me in the fast track of being popular, you know, with, with with drugs, with other things, just kind of living on the edge, kind of being called that, you know, the the hard guy, the bad guy. Um, yeah. And uh, and I and then I started selling drugs. So, you know, the testimony goes on pretty intense from there. So I don't know if you want to, you know, ask me some, some yeah. more general questions, but <laughs> no, we can get into that too. But as far as that that process going, because that's that's a 
there's an allure to that. I, I went to a Christian school, but I, I saw some of the kids in my class who grew up, for lack of a better term, saying knowing better, and yet there was something about wanting to be popular, yeah. wanting to be accepted, and I would see the transformation. Even a couple of kids that come to mind now that I agree, like if I, I thought about it, I'm like, man, it wasn't a cool kid, but they worked at it and became popular, yeah. and that's what they wanted. Or, or just even having a car and the ability to – to go places or take people places makes you kind of popular. Yeah, you know, yeah. Not yeah. in and of itself bad, but what are you doing with the resources you have and why are you doing what you're doing? So, yeah. yeah. So, okay, so you, but you managed, and was the church still going to church? So no, yeah, no church. I mean, we were just superficial kind of Catholics. You know, we never, like, I, I'm, by the time I did catechism, it was over. We didn't go anymore. And, okay. you know, maybe, yeah, not really anymore. I always, had a heart for God, I believed as a young person, but totally forgot about God, you know, and just went into this this new world, which really didn't include God, you know, just okay. the, fa- so, the fast life. And that was in high school. I mean, just. So by the time you got to the end of high school, did you still have aspirations like, because I've talked to a lot of folks who have dabbled in drugs, and if you're just tuning in, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, com. John D'Antonio is our guest. He's a owner and operator of D'Antonio's Catering, which has been serving the Philadelphia area for 30-plus years. We win awards all the time. They serve all kinds of amazing things, and and we're going to get to that. We'll come back to that near, near the end. But, uh, you know, you're – Did you, I've, I've talked to people who have struggled and, and gone down this path some, and some of them are living kind of – they're functioning, and they're still doing their job or whatever while they're having a separate life going on, and other people whose lives kind of get just get derailed by it or it yeah. becomes – this is now what I am, am doing for a living. So I don't know where you fit in that spectrum. Yeah, in high school, it definitely turned into where that was what I was doing for a living. And, um, you know, I was very challenged learning. So I couldn't learn well. That has a big – that has, I, I learn well now because we have an iPhone and I can download books, and I love learning. You know, I, I would be diagnosed probably with ADD and ADHD, but no one did it back then. So yeah. when – what I did is I learned to cheat so I could pass school cause I could cheat. Well, I sold drugs, so I had money and then I just really excelled, excelled at it. Like I, I, I did that well and, and on a small scale in high school, and then after high school is when it really kind of took on another, another facet. level. Yeah. Level. Well, share Keep going with that. What, okay. What was the, any, any major initial points like it started to really open your world up in that direction? I think, I had this unbelievable love for drugs. Like, so I, I, I literally did everything I could. You know, I was into the punk rock scene. I was just doing this whole every every drug and selling every drug. Um, and you're feeling okay about it. I mean, like, oh yeah, like, I actually loved it. I actually loved it. I mean, I, I, I early on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> early on, I, it was fun. It was, you know, I, 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 I liked it. My parents. I mean, it, it cost literal imagine what it does to a family and but after i got done high school and it got more serious i was messing around with these kind of wannabe mafia guys and selling coke and selling meth and selling everything really Hmm. and on a small scale which i thought was a big scale and then my best friend who who lifeguarded down in beach down in long beach island um introduced me to these colombians and these guys saw that what we did on a small scale and asked if yeah, you know, what could you do with, like, a kilo? I'm like, I could sell it, you know. And wow. and I really didn't know if uh, just say yes to everything. It's kind of like my 
mo you know right right. i'm like i could sell well little did i know i could you know and then they showed me how to actually turn it into double that and do all these things and i created this route and um yeah so i would literally go from all the different colleges like the name a bunch of them down to the beach and center city and bucks county and do these routes and just turn into this major drug dealer wow yeah wow and at any point during that time like did it was there a part of that whole world that bothered you like no 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 i thought i was doing good you know i was like well you know i'm doing i'm having fun this is good until um (laughs) (laughs) until i start you know seeing things change i was getting you know closer the little mafia guys weren't so little after all and when i started messing with the Colombians, they didn't like it and actually one night at club chow in uh, on rising sun avenue these guys came up from south philly to talk with me well they didn't want to talk it was it was a brawl and i i was supposed to go out and talk to these guys and it, it was a brawl I, I ended up making it out of there and then the next day there's supposed to be guns involved and all this and i just said to myself after i talked to the Colombian guys and the little mafia guys and the people who wanted to involve guns and what's going on. I said, this is how it happens. I said, this is how good kid, good kid. I just wanted that fun. Um, just goes bad. Plus I was so addicted to Coke. I, I couldn't control myself. I was mm. so addicted. So, um, that's when I decided I got to go. I just have to go. So, um, you know, that gets into the next phase of, of, what of, happened. of what happened. Yeah. What happened? Well, why don't we do a short break and we'll come back and see. And I know there's light at the end of the tunnel, but we're wanting to take some time to walk through it because there are people potentially listening or parents of kids who are in the same position your yeah. parents were in. And it'd be interesting to hear, you know, how God got a hold of you. But sometimes you have to hold on for dear life and pray through prayer. It doesn't have to be even the world of drugs. It could be something else. Yeah. Hold on for dear life. Keep praying. Yes. And, yes. And go from there. Yes. So uh, we listen to the Tim DeMoss show. It's AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Our guest is John D'Antonio. We'll continue our conversation here in just a couple of moments on AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss show podcast with AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Tim DeMoss Show rolls along. It's 424. John D'Antonio, the uh, owner-operator of D'Antonio's Catering, in with us. Before we get back to your story there, John, you, you watched the Super Bowl yesterday at all? No. Not a big... Nope. Not a big... Nope. I, I, it's going to sound terrible, but I gave up on football. I spent, <laughs> a, I, I spent a lot of time learning and reading and being outside and... Yeah, it's not, not the worst thing in the world. No. And, and yesterday, they did miss a ton. The game was not super exciting. Yeah, I did watch it last year. Well, <laughs> yes, a year ago today is actually the, when the Eagles beat the Patriots forty-one thirty-three in that Super Bowl. Is very very exciting. And uh, did you did the Antonios do some some party trays for yesterday? No, no like or? I said, we do mostly corporate. Okay. Um, some years we have amazing amounts of parties that we do we do the whole party and do all kinds of cool things. And this year, nothing. yeah. Okay, yeah. this depends. That's like, well, you could though. Yeah, yeah, you definitely could. <laughs> Absolutely, I've seen the spreads you put together. So John uh, is a, a longtime friend of mine. We work together actually at uh, DJ Weddings, and John does the catering. Um, 
it's just we've crossed paths you know, half a dozen times over the years. But uh, I've known John and his testimony and how God has been at work in him and through him and uh, wanted to let you know have it, have you on. And, and the next chapter of your story, if you're just joining us, John was sharing about growing up in a kind of a nominal Catholic home. You know, we went to church in some and felt like you loved God, but at the same time, it, it wasn't the roots weren't deep enough. And by your teen years, you had gotten into drugs and some other stuff in high school. Just wound up dealing drugs, got deeper and deeper into it, and then started to realize, like, wow, this is... Um, more serious than I thought. And our, our next chapter here actually involves a former Eagle. In fact, yes. one of the greatest Eagles of all time. Yes. Why don't you continue on with the story? Okay. So um, when I realized that I was totally addicted and my life was spiraling out of control and people were talking about using guns and I was supposed to be involved and how old were you? It maybe? was getting messy. I was only 18, 19. Are you kidding? And these people thought I was, you know, probably 23. Most of the people, I did business with what well, you were old thought I was older. I always looked older. Okay. Um, so, um, so my idea was I knew I had to get out. I knew that things were going to change. I was going to end up in jail. I, I, I was so addicted. I just, my life was turning into hell. I, I didn't talk to my parents anymore. It was a whole different, whole different life. So my idea was instead of making my rounds to sell drugs and drop off drugs, I was just going to make my rounds and pick up money and just leave like, just get out of it. So I to take one last tour, one last tour, around. get all my money, and then go to Mexico for a year. That was my idea. Go to Mexico forever. Actually, was my idea. And do who knows what? Well, just get clean. I'll just go live on the beach, and okay. you know, believe it or not, just get off drugs in Mexico. That was my idea. Well, my idea was to get off coke. I bought a book, One Step Over the Line, it was called. So I just figured I'd I'll try to get off coke because it was I couldn't control it and change your environment. Yeah, as part of that. Obviously. Yeah, I didn't necessarily want to stop drugs like i even brought pot with me um but that last night up at penn state where i was supposed to be in mexico the next day on the plane um i knew i had to quit coke so i just gave all my coke away sold it traded it and i ended up trading it for this is a crazy story but i, I traded for this big bag of ecstasy which was a popular drug back then and you're only supposed to do a little bit and i end up doing way too much because i treated it like coke it looked like coke yeah um in the in the powder form and I probably almost OD'd, um, and I was really messed up. And sitting in this radio station, I just remembered this part of my testimony, which I don't share much because I was so whacked out, I don't, I don't remember it well. But I remember it now because we're in a radio station, Christian <laughs> radio station. I remember being so wigged out, driving down to the airport and having my one of my best friend at the time. Um, actually, he was driving my car. He was going to drop me off, and he was going just going to take my car, and I was going to be gone. But we, we were going through the radio. We couldn't find anything. We landed on a Christian Pentecostal Program. hellfire brimstone preacher, you know? Yeah. And it was just yeah. preaching hell and your, you know, abomination. And I'm like, you know, that's us. That's us. That's what we're, that's what we're doing. Like, we need, you know, and maybe then, I don't remember, I could have asked the Lord into my life. No idea, to be honest with you. But, but that was I, part of the it, nudge. I'm remembering as I sit here. So then I get to the airport. Um, I was so whacked out. I left all my bags on the. I left all my bags in Philly. I didn't even my bags never even made it to Mexico. I, <laughs> oh, wow. I, and I flew first class, so I had um, I had a lot of money, and I had all my money on me. I had this this guest vest, this denim vest. I had all these pockets. I had every single solitary cent in my in my on my being. And um, but no bags. 
No, well, a little, a bit, a, so one bag down, you know, because I, I, I thought I'd need some some pot to help me get off, like help me get through the first day without coke. So okay. I flew first class. I sat down. I ordered ordered a wild turkey on the rocks at seven o'clock in the morning, and uh, I just sat there and said, "Okay, one day without coke." Started to read my book or something, and this huge behemoth of a man just walks onto onto the plane. I had no idea who he was. This was 1987. I'm like, that has to be a football player. He sits right next to me. I want. I don't really want anything to do with anybody. So I just, you know, start drinking. And this is on the plane. This is on the plane to Mexico. To Mexico. But there was a layover in Tennessee. Reggie White lived in Tennessee at the time. Yeah. So there was a, a layover in Tennessee, and I I proceeded to Mexico. Well, by the time we got to Tennessee, I was a wreck. I was I was in the bathroom eating all my pot, trying to get off the. You know, my first day without coke. It's more of a psychological addiction. It's not necessarily like heroin, which, I mean, honestly, I've done all the drugs, but coke is where yeah. I kind of, um, so so I was, I was a wreck. I was drunk, because I can go on and on. Yeah. But I was uh, I was a spectacle, to say the least. So You're in first class. Reggie White never said anything to me. He was probably more annoyed that I was sitting next to him than anything. <laughs> um, but he, he's sitting He next sat to right next to class. me in first class. And all I wanted to do was drink and eat my pot and Flirt with the stewardess. That's all I wanted to do, yeah. you know? Yeah. And um, so when we had the layover, I had to get up. He got up because he was getting off and I was staying. I was going to Mexico. Okay. And he never said a word to me. I don't think he said a word. He must He must have said, I was pretty, you know, out of it, but he might have said, here, read this or something. But I don't remember any words. I remember him handing me a track hmm. of who Jesus was. No idea what that was. I put it in my pocket with all the other things that were in my pocket and um, I went to Mexico, and you know I, I I got off coke. I didn't have any coke. I was living such a crazy lifestyle in Mexico, though. And it was Cancun, but back in '87, Cancun isn't what it was now. Okay. It was still a party spot, and it was big. But I was living just like I lived in New York, or just like I lived in Philly, and I was spending so much money in Mexico. I said I can't sustain this. So I ended up going to, I took a taxi somewhere. I didn't even know where it was. It was an hour south of Cancun. So that's what they call Pl- uh, Riviera Maya now. But back then, Playa del Carmen was a small little town, you know, a couple hundred people, okay. one, one major hotel. Well, I stayed, I stayed there. I decompressed. I stopped spending money. And um, I had, had this urge to go back and then um, go, back to- go back to Philly. Like, I just feel how, like... How long have you been to Mexico? About three weeks. My bags finally got there. They had to send them to me. And when my bags got there, it takes me to the next part of the story where um, I found that track. And um, Okay. All right. Well, we'll get into that in a second. You're just tuning in. It's the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. It's 432. Uh, forecast, clear night, low 32. After a gorgeous afternoon, a lot of sun tomorrow. Another beautiful day, 57. The high Wednesday, kind of cloudy, high 42. A little chillier than on Wednesday. Flyers are home tonight against Vancouver at 7. Sixers home tomorrow against Toronto at 8. Speaking of Reggie White and the Eagles, of course, it was a year ago today that they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, 41-33. Last night, of course, the Patriots over the Rams in a slightly lower-scoring game, 13-3. They had a couple of good commercials. You said you didn't watch the game. There was one commercial that was very fun. It just involved a lot of of the greatest players in history. Uh, And they they were all having a – they were in this big awards meeting, and it was like Jerry Rice and Joe Montana and, and Brady's in the room and Peyton Manning. And you have to—it's only—I think it's a two-minute spot, and it basically was to promote the NFL. So it's kind of—it was fun because they're all in this—they're all decked out, and the, and, the, and a golden football falls off a cake, 
and they're all diving for it. Then it turns into mayhem. They're throwing the ball around. Somebody says, hey, old man, get in the game. And and Brady has five Super Bowl rings. He takes them off. He's like, here, hold these. And then he goes (laughs) and runs in. And it's just very well done. Peyton Manning throws a pass. Then he holds his shoulder and his neck because he was known for having surgery there. And so it was very well done. There were a couple of them like that. There was one by Google, actually, that said the the 100 billion words are translated every day. But the the ones that are done the most are I love you. Um, I think it was hello and how are you? Wow. Or thank you. So it's cool that, you yeah. know, even though even though that there's a lot going on in the world, that, that the basic stuff that people are looking for is how do I say yeah. thank you? Yeah. How yeah. do I say how are you? And how do I say I love you? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So there were some good ones in there. But in any case, if you're just tuning in, John D'Antonio is our guest. Uh, John is the owner of, of D'Antonio's Catering. They've been doing this for 30 plus years winning awards uh, all the time and they do wonderful food but john and john's heart for what he does and, and your as the lord got a hold of you certainly plays into how you do your business um so if you would well, you still have time for before our next okay. break for yeah. a minute or two why don't you get in you just met reggie white in the plane yeah so um were you, were you sober not sober enough but were so, you aware who he was no no okay. he just started 1987 okay um, so he hand, handed me the track and then you know you're there. For I don't know how. Weeks. I don't know how much longer. Probably about two weeks, three weeks. I I just said, you know, I think I can handle this life. I they life back in Philly now. Maybe I'll go back. You know, I I really wanted Coke. I still wanted Coke. So I went when my bags arrived because I lost my bags. I left my bags. Back I went. Philly, right? I went through every single solitary thing that I brought, looking for Coke in my old clothes, and and I found some. And it's just this little tease, and and but but. What I really found was that track that Reggie White gave me. And I start looking through it, and I'm like, start talking about God. Now, this is the first time I haven't been high in a very long time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, so God, it was. I heard, I read something about God. I, I, I just took that track, and I went to the beach, and I read it. Hmm. And then after I read it, I agreed with everything it said about me being a sinner. And, and, and the thing I remember most is that it said, if you want to know God, he will show himself to you. You have to ask. If you ask Jesus for forgiveness, he will forgive you. And I looked out at the water and I said, God, if you're real, I really want to know. And Timmy, I'm telling you, and anyone listening has kids in this position, when they, when they get to that point and they cry out, God comes. God comes without Christians talking, without anyone doing anything. And and God came into my life, but I didn't know it. You know what I mean? I asked, he came, but there was another year down there going back and forth and okay. trying to uh, trying to figure out what, what it really was because I didn't go home. I stayed. You wound up not going back. I winded up not going Staying back. Staying in Mexico longer. Right, I read, right. yeah. All right, we're going to take a short break. We'll continue our conversation with John D'Antonio, D'Antonio's Catering, and, uh, and most importantly, Child of God here. And... Uh, yeah, it's great stuff that you're sharing here. It, there's a Bible verse that actually comes to mind uh, in the Gospel of John. We'll, I'll get that out after our break here. That okay. speaks to what you just said Good. about if you want to know, he'll reveal himself to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, a, it's a great point. Back with more. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. You listen to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for tuning in. 
Leah Fayel, by the way, before we move on, has a ministry of the month now that we flipped into February. It's called A New Beginning with Greg Laurie. You can catch it weekday mornings at 10, also 7 in the evening. Coming up here in a little while, every weekday, we're drawing a winner of Pastor Greg's new book called Jesus Revolution. And we're handing out weekly prize bundles. Get our website, WFIL.com. Look for the Ministry of the Month banner, or you can enter the keyword February. And the earlier you get in on that, it's like the old price is right, and you get to be a contestant earlier, have more opportunities because we draw winners for that book every day. So it's better to enter now than wait till, let's say, February 28th. John D'Antonio from D'Antonio's Catering, been serving the area for many years. Our guest, I've known John for many years, and he's been sharing his testimony. If you're just joining us, involves growing up in a nominal kind of like a Catholic background, had some church in your life, and it was there for a while, but then by your teen years, you kind of drifted from that and into drugs and popularity stuff you were chasing, and then became into dealing drugs and wound up going to Mexico to try to get away from a lot of that and uh, met Reggie White, former Eagle great and Hall of Famer uh, on the plane who just gave you a track that was part of your story, how God got a hold of you. Um, and then you said you asked for the Lord to come into your life, and, uh, and but still took some time for that to really take root, right? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I literally went a year without knowing that I was saved. I, I didn't go back to Philly. I stayed in Mexico, and um, uh, I guess... Little by little, I just started cleaning up. You know, I just the, the tequila was killing me down there, so I didn't want to drink that anymore. I started spear fishing and swimming and diving and just you know just getting my life back, eating healthy. Um, I didn't have much money left at the end, but <laughs> but um, you know, and now looking back, I can see how God worked in my life for that year. But I, but be encouraged, those who give out tracks. No one said a word to me. Just that track, and I got saved because when I got home, I finally went back home. My um, it was like Mother's Day, and I, I, I only place I could really stay is with my friends who sold drugs. I had nowhere to go, and my parents told me that they wanted nothing to do with me. Don't ever call here again. You know, you're killing your mother. And I called them from Mexico and told them I was going to get straight. And they just said, "We know what you're doing in Mexico." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I just hung up the phone but when i went back to my parents house it was mother's day and i just wanted to let them know i was alive and i was clean um so i knocked on the door and my mom answered the door and i said hey mom i just want to let you know i'm back um you know i'm good i'm clean i'm live just you know i'm just letting you know she, and she knew something was different with me she could just tell you know wow. your, your mother knew your mo- moms know <laughs> and she said well what are you doing where are you staying i'm like i'm not sure yet and i just got back and she goes well why don't you stay here I was like, all right. I was like, you know, I really, I didn't want to go back to the old places I was living and stuff or go to New York. So, right. so my room was just like I left it and, uh, all my clothes were in there and I, and I went back home the first Sunday that came the first Sunday back in the United States, I was downstairs putting my suit on and my mom walks down. I was in the, you know, in the downstairs where my room was and she says, what are you doing? I said, you know, I'm going to go to church. Remember no Christian ever said a word to me. I, I prayed the prayer, but forgot all about the prayer. Like, I asked God in my life, but Christians, are, I mean, Catholics to pray sometimes? We pray a lot of prayers, you know? Yeah. We don't necessarily hear answers. You just, all, and our Father, aren't there? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, you pray the prayers. Like, so I prayed that prayer. I didn't really expect anything. It wasn't any different for that year, but I had a desire to go to church. And my mom's like, oh, you're going to church? I said, yeah, I'm going to go. So I put on my suit. <laughs> Sunday right. morning, I go to... Um, our local church is a Catholic church. And I said, you know, this time I'm going to, I'm going to be different. I'm going to go sit in the first row. 
I'm going to pay attention. And maybe I've just been missing something all these years. Maybe church is okay for me. Like, so I went in, I blessed myself. I go to the first row, I sit down and, uh, I, I, you know, I'm giving it everything I got to me. I'm looking at the, the, the priest and I'm, I'm just looking and then the, the dreadful thing happened. I, I turn around about 15 minutes and I look at the clock. I'm like, Oh no, like 41 minutes. I'm like, I don't want to do this. And then I just looked around, and it looked like nobody wanted to do it. Everyone had their coats on, and the kids were crying and, and squirming. And I'm looking at their faces. I'm like, I don't want to play this. I'm like, God, if you're real, this is, I, I said this exact thing to God. If you're real, you know I don't want to be here. And I don't think you would want me here if I don't want to be here. So I'm leaving. <laughs> so I left. And as I was leaving, when I was always high and, and drugged out, I used to pass this church in Willow Grove. I said, the Bible, our authority, the world, our parish, and Jesus, our Savior. And I said, the world, our parish. I like that. I'm going to go to that church someday. So to answer your question, there was a thought of God, I guess, when I was high, but I don't really recollect it. But that that resonated with me as I was leaving the Catholic Church. So yeah. I'm going to go to that church. I went to that church that same morning. I was all dressed up, nowhere to go. I said, right. I said why don't I just go there? I said, what am I going to do, go another time? I'm like, I, I got You're Sunday ready. morning, right? Yeah. So I went. I I bless myself. Now, this is a Christian church. They don't bless themselves. There's no holy water, you know? And uh, I go sit in the first row, and there's only probably 30 people in this church at this time, yeah. you know? So the the pastor knew. He never saw me before. He knew everybody in that church, you know? I'm sitting in the first row, bless myself, sit there, and <laughs> he just leveled me with the gospel. Like, it, that whole sermon was for me, I believe. Like, he just, I mean— Scrapped his notes and yeah, changed just, it to— Yeah, him. like, you need to be saved. You know, these people have seen this, you know, seen me a million times. You haven't, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget a Reverend Coates. And he, uh, he asked me afterward if I wanted to know Jesus. I said, I, yeah, I said, I think I have from what you said. I referenced the, the track and, and then, um, I realized I was saved. That's when I realized it was a long time after, um, I read, I read and asked Christ to come into my life. And then I started going to that church and, you know, I spent a lot of time, I guess, probably definitely too much time because really what I want to do is talk about what christ has done but i want the people to be encouraged that are there or have people yeah you know, that are there but but i mean since since i became a christian you know he 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 did everything he he says he will would everything in the bible that he promises you know um you were how old when this happened? So that was, you know, 20-ish now. So I was 18, 19 when I went away. You went through a lot in a very short amount of time. Yeah. And you stop and think about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, that's a lot of hard living in a five- to seven-year window. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever yeah. look back and wonder, like, I could have I could have went to bed? Oh, a lot of times. I mean, I mean, more, yeah. I mean, there's crazy stories. But um, but like you said, God got a hold of you. Yeah, and and then when He finally let me know that I was saved and um, and I could really see Him in my life, you know, I had this amazing revelation. Obviously, the most amazing revelation that um that He was real and that my life could change. But I still had so much baggage, you know, from being who I was. That doesn't change overnight. Actually doesn't change in 30 years <laughs> you know <laughs> i asked my wife it's still changing but by the grace of god i was blessed with a, a tremendous wife who, who 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 is a godly woman who coaches me has been patient and um has put up with unbelievable things because of who i was even though i was saved that was, you know yeah so um well what was it like in the first you know year to two years did the did the change did your eyes start to open up in yeah, new yeah. ways? Yeah, I started to get clean. I mean, 
actually, I, I fell back into drugs a little bit. So, uh, you know, I, I was still, I, I was saved. I knew it. But, you know, I, something would happen, a friend's birthday or go to a bachelor party or something. And I found myself doing the worst thing possible, the worst kind of drug you can do again. And I was like, man, I was like, I got to get out of here again. I already knew. I had to go. And this time when I told my parents I was leaving, they're like, how much money do you need? Where do you want to go? Wow. And before it was like, you know, there was no talk of money. And they understood this. Time. But that gets back to the testimony end of it. I mean, the drug part, but I don't want to do that. But really, um, so God opened up this way for me to drive from Philadelphia to Guatemala. So I drove from Philly to Guatemala and I start doing some mission work up in the mountains. No electricity, no, um, no running water, a lot of time. Um, and I think that's part of what God does is I help addicts now because I do that a lot. Like I really, I've been there. So I understand way better than most what God requires me to do now to help people. Um, and, uh, and, and I think that's a big part of it getting away just if you can, you know? So, um, you know, I spent getting outside yourself. I mean, you were, you were serving other people. Yeah. 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 Which is, you know, all the, all the 12 steps, which the Bible speaks about clearly, I didn't go that route, you know, I, 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 but yeah. Um, so yeah. So when I came back, um, from Guatemala, I was more grounded. I, um, you know, I still had struggles and then I, I went into business. Um, there's a lot more in, in between all that, but I, I went into business, which was huge. And then, um, I met my wife and got married and, you know, I can, you know, um, just talk about how when I went into business and, how to start making money the right way, how God just really worked with me, just showed me with no one else showing me, you know, the right things to do, how, how to wake up, you know, how to be on time, how to be a man of my word. And then I got married and kind of, you know, marriage is tough, you know, yeah. and being a, sure. being a schmuck, uh, you, you got a lot to learn. So it got real hard. You know, my wife and I had six, I say six years, she says 10 years of, of hell. Mm. Um, but, um, you know, through that time she was very gracious. She was very forgiving, very, um, uh, she stuck it out and, um, I grew and then, um, we had amazing, we had an amazing time after that. And now we actually help couples with marriage. You know, yeah. we leave lead a marriage ministry well, and stuff. If you're just tuning in, John D'Antonio is our guest, the longtime friend. He's a caterer, owns D'Antonio. He's been in the market for, for over 30 years. So you may very well know the name D'Antonio. But as you're sharing, we have one more segment to, uh, to come back with. We maybe can talk some more of those things that you said God has been doing. But just as you're telling your story, one of the things I think that comes through is It'd be nice if, you know, once the, the, the time of the Lord comes into your life and, it, and everything kind of comes into focus and then there's no more struggles or, or minimal struggles and then it's kind of like, you know, you're ramping up ever, ever higher. And it, the reality is I think it's, it's easier for there to be setbacks along the way or just a kind of a, a push down and part, as per part yeah, of your life definitely. is not as beautiful as you were hoping. We say, oh, you're a Christian, but why are you struggling, still struggling with that? But it is, but God's faithful through the whole thing, even, you know. Your spouse may not be, you may not be, God's faithful to us. And the struggle, struggles are necessary. They're totally necessary. All those struggles, I can't be where I'm at now without those struggles. Hmm. All right. Well, we're going to come back and wrap up our conversation with John. You're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show. It's AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Back in just a moment. 
Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. 454 AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Tim DeMoss Show with John D'Antonio. D'Antonio's catering in with us. Congratulations again on your nice win last Friday. Thank you. Best caterer in the city. I'm not surprised. Thank I've worked you. with John before over the years, but more importantly than the business he does uh, is the business God did with him and keeps doing with him. How, how has, Masha, how has becoming a believer, like really getting on board with him affected your business and the way you think about work? I mean, it's been everything. And he's so gracious, which obviously us, all us Christians know. Um, but I guess more importantly than how it helped me when I went into business, it's more about how I said the struggles were necessary to yeah. be where I am now because as I look back, all the, and I, you know, I hear this a lot from Christians, all the struggles that I've had, I wouldn't change them because they've made me who I am now. And you almost have to go through that. Like the struggles my wife and my wife and I had, you know, being close to divorce, wanting to divorce and then coming out of that and being and having the most amazing best friend that I could imagine now. Mm -hmm. And now when there's people we meet who want a divorce, you know, we can tell them and they know we were there. And they also know we're out of it. I, I mean, so we're, they know we're either, they know we're not lying, you know? I mean, they could just tell. <laughs> right. And we have the stories to prove it. So there's a huge amount of encouragement we can give. And then for the people listening, you know, when we go through these struggles, you know, money, love, all the things that we struggle with as Christians, those are the things that God is showing us how to navigate so that we can do what he tells us to do. It's to love our neighbor and really show his love, his, his sacrifice. Because most of our interactions, most of my interactions after I got saved were terrible. I didn't realize how to hmm. talk to people. You know, I'm the boss. You do it my way. You know, I'm the husband. You do this, you do that. And then Christ just starts unraveling and, and his word starts manifesting in, 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 in your life and you realize that um, those struggles are really how you, I can look at now and say, you know, at work, I have a ministry, you know, before I thought I needed to go have a big ministry, you know, and go do something huge for the Lord. And after 30 years of being a Christian, I realized works, my ministry, my, my employees are my ministry. My customers are my ministry. The people I meet are mm. my ministry. Amen. How yeah. many employees do you have? About um, Over 30. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a big field right there. Yeah. That's it, a good point. You can look right past the people right in front of oh, you. Oh, yeah, and I spent a lot of time complaining. This is terrible. Why does God not do this? Why do I have this going on, Lord? And what he wanted me to do was embrace it and see the pain like he saw in my pain. He saw my pain and saved me. So now I see pain, but I want to fight with the pain in other people's lives, I mean. Yeah. You know, and now yeah, I, yeah. Can, I can compassionately, actually, after this many years, I hope people listening get it faster than i did but <laughs> it doesn't always happen that way no <laughs> john it's great having you in and we I mean, you know as as with a number of guests who've been on this program this the stories to consolidate into a short window is not easy but we covered a lot of ground the podcast of this program will not be up uh right after the program because joe our wonderful producer is actually out today so he'll be able to put it up tomorrow cool. but that way people can hear oh, and listen great. at their convenience that's so, great that's yeah great. 
Wonderful. Thank you, John, for being in today. John D'Antonio. D'Antonio is catering our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show. Um, I'm sure John appreciates your prayers, too, moving forward. They keep serving God, putting him first, and we appreciate your prayer for this program, too, day by day. We hope that we are being a blessing to you. We're going to turn things over to Jim Maxim, Acts 413 Ministries, next. He'll lead in prayer, and then it'll be time uh, for Alistair Begg and Truth For Life on AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Have a great evening. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com.